Hey guys, real deep dive today into a putting affliction known as the yips. And a good friend of mine called in. We had a good long discussion. We get into some real tactical details on how I overcame the yips and some advice that I share for him in his efforts to uh, gain a little more confidence on the greens. Hope you guys find it of real value. Enjoy it. This is the Golf Essentials Podcast with Casey Bork. Absolutely. You know, for me, I, even though I had the claw grip, I'm not comfortable with the claw grip. And I'm not, comf- you know, I'm not confident with it. And uh, what strategy uh, are you deploying? Are you um, other than switching your grip around? So what's crazy. So for me, I'm switched the grip around. Um, I tried to basically have I made sure that my eye was over the ball right so I was making sure that I my eye was completely over the ball now when I'm getting to like like I know that you talked about having like two three four footers six footers Mm -hmm. those are actually fine for me because when I'm using the claw grip I'm getting it online and I'm hitting it fine but with the claw grip I don't have that same feel and touch from 10 15 20 and then even further back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I really struggle with those. And uh, so I'm not like at this point, I'm kind of grasping at straws. Like, what do I do? I'm good, like with short range putts, but then long range, I'm, I'm terrible. And wow. You know, I, I used to have great touch and great feel. And I would say right now, I, it's so bad. I'm just, I'm literally just trying to lag it with, I mean, I'm still trying to do everything I would normally do. Like I'm picking a line, I'm picking this, but my, my, uh, my distance control was so poor that I, I basically, my strategy was, well, if that's the case, I'm just going to focus on making three, five, six and make sure that I can make those all day long. And that's what I've been able to do. Now, when you get to a, when you get to a golf course and you're playing and more pressure and faster greens and more undulated greens, now you're missing even more putts, you know, even the close ones, because, you know, there's a little more pressure and there's a little more precision needed. Sure. So that's the state of my putting game right now. And wow. uh, that, that's, that's different jazz. It is, you know, like, it, um, most people struggle with the shorties, um, but you're able to get your head around the shorties more so than the long ones. Only with the claw grip, because I, I would much prefer just putting with a conventional grip. But that's where the yips come in. I don't have a yip when I have the claw, but I lose the distance control and the feel when I have the claw. Interesting. So my so, my case of the yips, when, when I was in college, and yeah. uh, really my whole college career, um, I was, I was petrified over a one and a half foot putt. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, it was, I, I was insanely nervous and um, it was a grind. It was literally all four years there uh, struggling with that. Um, Did you have issues on a putting green, like a practice putting green before? I, like if I was, there were people in Maine where I grew up, right? That yeah. 
literally know me and still today know me as like the best putter they had ever seen. Right. And, and then I went to Florida, got on Bermuda grass and <laughs> highly competitive, right? I was a big fish in a little pond in Maine and you know yeah. how our team was there and everybody on our team could shoot in the sixties and you right. just had to play hard to get into tournaments. And, um, and I, I don't know. And, and I had done some, some good things. I had a lot of people sort of putting a lot, you know, a lot of expectations on me. And then that put, made me put pressure on myself and, and all that. But um, yeah, it became a, a real, real challenge. And, uh, but for me, it was different. It was more like the shorties. So anything like 10 feet and in or, you know, makeable range, it was in my brain, it was this, it was either make or miss. And, uh, you know, whereas a long putt, it, the, the make isn't really in the mind. It's more just let's throw it up there close. Um, but I could tell you it, it transferred from those one and a half foot putts all the way out to the T for me. It was, and I'm sure yeah. you felt how that is, where yeah. you feel yeah. like you have to be in position. You have to, you have to hit it close. Otherwise, you know, you're going to make bogeys, <laughs> you know, uh, it just strains every aspect of your game. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, so for me, the, when it started, it was just on a regular, it wasn't, there was no pressure. I was just playing around a golf and it started happening. And I ended up having like six three putts on the back nine. And I'm going, holy shit, do, do, do I have the yips? Then I go, I would literally, I, I couldn't, I, 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 was, I couldn't sleep that night. And I went out, I'm like, I have to go to a golf course tomorrow. Like I, I want to, and I went to a practice putting green and I literally could not putt. I couldn't make anything. Hmm. And, and I could feel it. It was like, you know, it's almost like it, there's no pressure on me, right? I'm on right. a putting green. There's no one, there's no one even watching me. To me, the, the, the pressure is not of the circumstance. The pressure is, do the yips exist or do they not? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it, yeah. Uh, it, it's a different pressure. It, it, it has nothing to do with tournaments. It's the fact that you hope desperately that the yips would be going but away. It, whether you're playing by yourself or with 100 people watching, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you asked me before, what's my strategy? And I guess for me, I'm kind of going to you like, I have a couple of courses of action that I want to take because I'm now in the Northeast. So I have all winter to think about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do I, A, maybe go to a different style putter, maybe something that's still legal, a la like a longer putter, I mean, you can't like bridge it or up against anything, but you can certainly go with a longer putter and see if that works. Yep. Um, I've also thought of, I mean, if, if anything, just working on speed control and doing nothing but speed control type drills with only the claw grip. Because um, what I find myself trying to do is I really want to tell myself, hey, I don't have the yips. And I'm going to, and sometimes I go conventional and I'm great. And guess what? 
I make a, I make a lot of putts. Yeah. You know, on a putting green because I, I feel like I can roll it. I can roll it. And then all of a sudden it, you can feel it coming back and you're going, oh man. But I just don't have that same feel that I have um, with a claw grip. And mm-hmm. I guess I don't know how else to describe that, but at least with a shorter putt, I can get the ball online. But when I have a longer putt with those claw grips, I mean, I'm telling you, I was leaving it short and right almost every time. Yeah. So to me, that yeah. tells me that I'm just trying to guide the ball. I'm not actually stroking it. You know, I'm just kind of guiding it, you know, trying yeah. to guide it into the hole. And uh, so I, I think I just need to, for me, I think it's just a matter of picking whatever grip I'm going to have. And if it's the claw, it's going to have to be because I don't, I don't want to go back and then all of a sudden, oh, crap, here they come again. Yep. Um, and it's a, it's a very helpless feeling. Yeah. You, know, well, you hit the ball so well and uh, you're not rewarded for it on, a, on the putting your surface. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about it in a previous episode. And, and when I get up and speak in front of groups and talk about my background, I'll, I'll tell the story that I was literally one rainy day away from quitting golf. Um, Dude, when you told me um, that at, uh, in Orlando at Sistrunk's place, I yep. was floored. And, Dude, and I was, Chaz, that, that. that was, that was freshman year of college. I know. So that was like, I'm on, I'm on a team that just won the national championship. <laughs> And I'm the defending champion at our state amateur. And if it rained the next day, which it was, it was supposed to, I was done. I told my dad I'm done. And uh, um, so for me, uh, you know, I've, I've had a number of strategies over the years. And, um, you know, there is still in the back of my mind that, you know, they they could still be there, you know, mm. and I've, I've had, I've had times where, um, since then, so since that sort of low point of basically telling my dad, I was going to quit golf to right. playing in really big golf tournaments, like PGA tour tournaments, where I was, I was absolutely fearless putting you know and and to to rebound from that i'm very proud of that you know that was not (laughs) an easy road to haul but no um, no if if um i played in the tour event in vegas in 09 and i i have screenshots of the website somewhere um i literally led the field in putting that week (laughs) I, I, I did not miss a putt inside of 10 feet <laughs> and, and uh, you know um, I literally led the field in, in putting uh, which was crazy. And um, but uh, so I know it was there, but um, so some of the strategies that I've deployed over the years. And so I changed to, I changed to the claw grip um, about 12 years ago. And the way that I did it, I think, I think there's a few things that I would recommend you do over the winter. And, okay. um, 
there were a few times in my life where I had time like you do. And one of which was back when I was in high school, uh, senior year of high school in the winter, I was really into golf. And what I did every night when we were watching TV, you know, family sitting around watching TV, or I was in my room or whatever, I put a dime on the ground and I was hitting four footers or so on a, on a nice fast rug, not a rug that is long is going to, you know, wear a trail. Um, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, and, and what I did was I, I hit those four footers over a dime, which you have to be really precise to hit a dime. Uh, by the way, it's easier it's easier to hit a golf tee standing up than it is to hit a quarter. You could test that. So a dime is a lot harder. Um, oh, yeah. So if like the width that you have to play with, a tee standing right. up is easier to hit than a quarter and then a dime, you know? So, um, so hitting thousands, I'm telling you thousands of putts, like hit the putt, you're not concerned about the speed. You're, you're just making your stroke and you're hearing that click of the ball going over the coin. What you're doing is you're really solidifying your setup and your, your pre-shot. So if you're going to convert to a new grip, um, which is exactly what I did some years later when I converted to the claw was I didn't, I didn't just try the claw when I was playing golf one day. I did it over the course of like a month and I didn't use it playing real golf. I only used it when I was home putting over a coin over and over and over. And I got 5,000 or 10,000. I forget how many I did the math, say 10,000 repetitions of right setting up to the ball, the awkwardness of putting your hands on the club and aligning the club face and feeling comfortable over the ball, you're rehearsing that just as much as the stroke itself. So before I ever deployed it on a real golf course, I hit it on the putting green a few times, like, wow, that feels pretty good. But I got 10,000 reps in, indoors, putting over a coin and rehearsing that so that when I did deploy it on the golf course, it was it was automatic. I had all those little idiosyncrasies that you go through in your pre-shot yeah. that was nailed down and you're, you're able to, you're able to get through it and you're able to give it the best possible chance of success. Right. Yeah. You know, in you fact, have that for me, my normal putting practice right like I, I haven't done that but i probably will employ that of putting over a dime or a quarter but my normal practice if i'm going out to a golf course and i don't have time to play a full round and i'm going well let me let me work on my putting i'm doing either the three six nine drill where i put a tee at three feet six feet nine feet mm -hmm. and it's almost and i'm putting some kind of pressure on myself yeah, where complete I, some challenge. Right, like complete a challenge, right? So for yep. me, I take three balls, and I'm making three balls from three feet, six feet, and nine feet. Mm -hmm. And if I complete it, and I make all nine, I go nine for nine, then I go and I putt from the opposite way to get a different break, you know? Yep. So that's, that's what I did. And like I said, I've putted very well with the claw grip inside of 10 feet. 
when I get outside of it is where I tend to, you know, not have my, my best putts, let's say, yeah. or yeah. it's either I get unlucky or who knows what it is, but I'm, I am definitely not holding those putts outside of, uh, outside of anything. In fact, I played a scramble. The last time I played this year was in the rain, played in a scramble event. Would you believe we shot 14 under, I believe, and I did not make a single putt for my team. Wow. Not, not and one. You, and you're the A player. Um, there Probably. was another, we'll call it A and A, A1 and A2. Yeah. We're both yeah. Same. We're both, you know, low single digit handicappers, right? Right. And you're probably getting uh, reads because you're putting third or fourth most of the time. That was correct. So yeah. I actually told him, I'm like, let me putt second. Give me one read. Let me putt second to help the guys who are actually were putting better than I was. Yeah. And I, bur- I burned probably six or seven edges all day. Yeah. But I just literally could not get one thing to fall in that day. So but, let, uh, me, let me speak to your, your practice strategy. So okay. back to back to your three six nine thing. I I think that's good if you're simula- simulating pressure, um, but that sort of practice um, is highly focused on result, right? Whether the ball goes in the hole or whether it doesn't. And from nine feet, to be honest, I mean there are a lot of factors that determine. You could be hitting great putts all day and they're not all going in. So the, so the relationship of the quality of your stroke and the result on the end is not a one-to-one relationship, right? There's bumps in the greens and things like that. But so I, I also think that beyond sort of putting over a dime and getting in those repetitions, what I would recommend is, having some alignment aids while you're doing that. So if you've got some, some uh, alignment sticks, or something like yep. that, set up an apparatus at your house that you can reliably and precisely set up a nice straight three or four foot putt. Because what you need to do is, is you're rehearsing the pre-shot just as much as the in-swing, you know, the, in, the stroke itself. And so I think, I think you're going to, after, again, after a lot of repetitions, I think you're going to get a lot of peace of mind. You're going to get some peace of mind over the ball when you know with certainty that you're aiming correctly and you've got a lot of strokes under your belt that, all right, I know I'm aiming correctly. And I know that this stroke produces a putt that starts it online, right? Yep. Because there, there are a lot of little subconscious adjustments that we make. Um, if we're aimed two degrees off and we pull it two degrees and it goes in, we deem that to be a perfect stroke because it all went in. Yeah. But right. you're, training, you're training something that's wrong, right? Got it. I would take the time to it, – it, 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 you're deploying patience as well, right? It's like, all right, I'm going to – I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to lay down these things, make sure I'm aiming where I think I'm aiming, make sure that, and, and now I want a stroke that's going to make that ball click the dime. And I'm going to do that a lot. I'm going to rehearse the pre-shot as well. That way, when you're settling in over the ball, you're going to have, and what you're shooting for is that comfortable feeling that you have in your brain 
that only that type of practice is going to ever give you. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, now, but for so the, I'll be doing that with the claw grip because that's what I would employ going forward. How do you? I would. Now, if I'm if I'm struggling with longer distance putts, and that's mm -hmm. more of something that I, I can't really do indoors, but it's something that hey, I've already done all the prep work as far as my my routine and how I make I, how I address the ball, how I um, yes, but I disagree. I think you can do it indoors because remember you're you're putting over a dime that is four feet away or whatever. Yep. Nobody says you have to hit it like a four foot putt. You can hit it like a 20 foot putt as long as you have a pillow behind yeah, yeah. it. Or something. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. okay. So you can hit putts that you're visualizing different distances, but you're set up precisely and you're repeating this process of, you know, going through setting up, making your stroke and I'm telling you with when you're comfortable over the ball um, that's that's really going to weigh heavily on on your confidence when you take it to the golf course now for the sure. the long putts I've heard that a lot before, and I fought that when I converted to the claw where the long putts I didn't feel like I had uh, any sensation you know that that sort of feel um, yeah but a, good players which you're one of them um, what they define as feel is usually some sort of manipulation, some sort of, you know, you just intuitively know how hard to hit it. You, you know what I mean? You, you've got this sort of sense because you've played so much golf and you're good at golf and you, you know, right. um, so when you go to the claw, you're sort of taking that sixth sense away a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? You're removing your hands from the equation which is a Correct. beautiful thing for people in your in your in, in a yip circumstance um but what you're forcing yourself into doing is relying on your your core more because you you, you aren't using your extremity you're not using your hands and your arms you know what i mean right so most right. people and if you think of human nature um when you're nervous and you're protective and you're you're scared in life <laughs> anywhere, right? It's a human reaction to hunker down, to restrict, to tighten up and to protect, you know what I mean? And, yep. and in putting, what happens is you do the same exact thing. You're, you're afraid, you're dreading. Which is, exact, which is the exact opposite of what you need to do. You need to be swinging mm -hmm. freely and clear and almost clear of thought really. Well, yeah. What, what you're doing is you're, you're protecting and guarding with the muscles, meaning your core, that you should be using more of. And when you, when you get guarded with your core and you're not rocking your shoulders as much, it, that's the easy way to think about it. It's either your shoulders or your arms doing the, the power, right, to provide the power. If your shoulders aren't doing anything because you're nervous and you're scared and you're afraid to really move them, now it right. falls on your hands to do it, and that's where the, the yips get exaggerated. You know what I mean? Yep. 
So yeah. I would I would start to feel when you're doing it indoors, putting over a dime. Again, you're not concerned with any result other than just hearing the click of that dime. Mm-hmm. I would I would try to over exaggerate your shoulder, your your body, your big muscles, and really try to feel like your arms are just dead, dead, dead yeah. arms, dead hands, zero yep. power, zero energy is coming from them. So just and, focus on the trunk and the pendulum of yes. your your of your rotation of your shoulder. Yeah. So we're taking. We're taking it away from the extremities, bringing it to the core. But, you know, the first step in solving a problem is admitting you have a problem. And I could tell you it's human nature to, to hunker down and to protect when you're nervous. And, yeah. and that exacerbates um, the, the challenge when you're putting, especially from, from distance, because you need to have a little power. And if, if you're shorthanding the backswing, now you got to hit with your arms and hands, and those guys don't work very well when you're nervous. <laughs> no, no, not usually. <laughs> um, not usually. So I, I used to, um, for my longer putts, putting indoors, I used to, I used to set it up where I'd have like a, a real thick book behind the dime, but I'd have it on like a 45 degree angle, so it would kick the balls off to the side into a pillow, and I'd use like 10 balls and just you know, um, reset each putt, you reset, you like take your hands off the putter and you, and you, and you get behind it and you do your pre-shot routine all over again. Right. I mean, indoors, you may not go through like getting behind it to that extreme, but you, you do want to like move your feet, get your feet out of their footsteps. Right. And and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because you're rehearsing at least that sort of final stage of your your routine, you're right. you're rehearsing yeah. getting over the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, yeah. and that's where you're going to get the most value out of this practice. It's not so much like worrying about whether your stroke is inside out or inside whatever that crap is. It doesn't matter. What we're shooting for is like getting that club face aligned square to where you think square is make your stroke hear the click and just repeat like crazy and do it do it for shorties do it for long ones and just build yourself a mechanism that you're not going to break windows now should i should i also while i'm doing that use like a mirror make sure my eyes are over the ball or anything like that or should i just be focusing on if it if you would find it helpful if if um, I agree with having your, your eyes over the ball, um, yep. uh, stuff like that, uh, putting has a lot of room for personal preference. Um, yep. there, there are some, there are only a couple laws in putting that we know, like, you know, it's like, you got to have the club face square, it's distance and direction. That's it. Like, however yep. you get it done, who gives a shit? Um, exactly. there's, there's, uh, you know, a sentiment that having your eyes over the ball usually helps you align better because you're over the ball. There's not that parallax error of like what you see is a little different Um, and having your eyes parallel to the line and all that. Those are, those are tactics that all seem to help toward that distance and direction ultimate law. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's really a, a, a preference versus a law. 
Um, so, I mean, you can use a mirror if you want. You could, you could putt with your head against a wall. You could set this whole apparatus up so that your head is literally against a wall. <laughs> um, all that feedback is really good, you know? Um, and you could do it differently each day, you know? Um, some days you could do it with the mirror and other days not. And then if you go a week without the mirror, a week later, you get up there with the mirror and you see if what you've been practicing or your, your natural thing is now moving towards what you know is correct. Like the, the mirror gives you some feedback. You know? Right. Um, but I, I don't believe in um, when you're doing drills and you're practicing, I don't necessarily believe in like, aside from alignment, I'll say, um, if you've got a drill that you do, like only doing that drill over and over and over, I like it when, you know, you go to the drill and then you do stuff without the drill and you come back to the drill and you, and you can gauge your improvement there, you know? Um, but, but for you, I, I think it sounds to me like I would, I would try the, the claw because I think, you know, if, if you have confidence that you're not flinching at least, the the other stuff I think is more about just some technique and being able to being able to roll that out. You know? Very good. Yeah, I'll definitely work on that. I actually have a perfect area in the basement and I can put a rug down that's fairly thin, rolls well. So yeah, I can I can easily make that happen. Yeah. I think um when I was in high school, I spent the whole winter doing that. And when I came out in the spring, I only did it because I just loved golf and I just wanted to do it. When I came out in the spring, all of a sudden I was a, I was a better putter. I was like, I was so confident. It was so cool. I wish I could bottle that up. You know what I mean? Um, I but, laugh because I remember growing up, you know, when you're first starting to play golf, you're not hitting as many greens, right? So you're, you're not hitting it as long enough. So you're having to focus on getting up and down. Right. So mm -hmm. when you're first starting to play, like making par putts, you know, 10, 12 footers, like that's a big deal, you know? And then as you get older and hit the ball longer, now you're having those same putts for birdie. But uh, I just feel like, man, when I was younger, I was fearless putting. Right. And I would oh, love yeah. to bottle yeah. that feeling. I would love that. But uh <laughs> Yeah, if we, if we could, we'd be awfully rich if we could bottle that up. But, you know, yeah. I say, like, the, the, the kids putt fearlessly because they've never missed a putt that really means anything. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, right. until you've missed a, a devastating three-footer in a big tournament, it's like, oh, I didn't realize I could miss those putts, and now I do. <laughs> <and> that sucks. <laughs> Even though I make, I make 99 out of 100, I'm still worried about the one, you know? exactly and that's how it spirals but yeah man i would i would try to i would try to um lean on the facts and uh meaning like set up an environment where where you think you're aiming is where you're aiming and take advantage of the time where you're not worried about any results at all and you can really like roll through a lot of reps and build that confidence you know, so that 
you get out on the golf course in the spring, you'll be like, wow, this just feels, you won't know why, but it just feels comfortable. You know what I mean? Right. And um, I mean, ultimately I think that's what you're looking for is that comfort over the ball, not this sort of worry. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And and what's funny is, I mean, you're just, you feel so helpless, you know, helpless, like, all right, well, let's, let's tee up in the next hole. You know, you, you don't putt well on this one. Well, let's go to the next one. And like you're saying, it does go all the way back to the tee because you put so much pressure on all other parts of your game that you feel you have to be perfect in to make up for the fact that you're not putting well, you know? I, I know that I know the feeling a hundred percent. It puts, yeah. it puts pressure on a seven iron from 160 yards. Like that right. people would never understand. Like, <laughs> like, and now you're, now you're firing at flags because you think you have to hit it close because otherwise you're going to three putt and you're firing at flags that you should never be firing at. And then you're making doubles. Yep. You're just not able to play golf the way that you're supposed to. And golf has a nasty way of exposing those weaknesses. You know, you just yeah. can't get around having a real deep weakness in golf. Nope. So that's so what I would always... do, man. I would, I would spend the winter getting a bunch of reps in. And I, I'm telling you, I think you'll, you'll come out the other side with a little more confidence. Because I think when you're playing golf and you're playing in tournaments and you got a real life, so you're not practicing all day. Um, right. When you're on a golf course, it it's so like it's so easy to get caught up in the result, like whether the ball goes in or whether it doesn't. And what you're able to do indoors is remove yourself from that and just focus on, um, you know, your setup and the motion and getting comfortable. And that's what you're shooting for is comfort, not how is, how is your emotions on the golf course while going through it? Uh, they like were, outward. Um, well, I, I didn't show it. Um, right. But cause I'm doing the same. I feel like I was asking it. Yeah. I feel like I want to break every club in my bag. However, you would never know that by how I'm acting. Right. You know, right. Well, that's, your- that's, that speaks to you as a person because it's really hard. And um, oh, for me, it yeah, was yeah. – uh, I, I played with an awful lot of fear. And um, there, there were times where, like, I, I described it as being insanely nervous. Like, just – I could hardly handle it. And uh, I don't know why I kept doing it, to be honest. Um, I was – I was ready to be done with it, I guess. But, um, and then, and then part of it was just being sad because I, I love playing golf so much. And here I was like not able to play. And that just made me sad. It wasn't that I wasn't winning tournaments or anything like that. It was just like, I was kind of feeling like I was losing something that I love so much, you know? Yeah. No, I, I completely get it. I mean, of course, now, I mean, then you're playing every day, you know, you're grinding every day, you're practicing every day. For me, at least it's once a week, you know, weekend warrior. Yeah. And it's still frustrating. You still don't like it. But, you know, at least now it's like, I don't get upset about it. You know, yeah. I, I, 
I get really frustrated. You know, you get frustrated, you know, because you want to be able to perform or feel like you can perform at your best and you feel handicapped. But, uh, yeah, for me, I was, I was on scholarship, you know, practicing with the team playing and I felt like an idiot, you know, had like a 10 footer up the hill and I'd three putt (laughs) in practice, you know, and every now and then I got my emotions under control and I qualified for tournaments and every now and then I'd go play well. I'd have, I had some decent stretches, but overall in college, I didn't do anything. And, um, and so for me to go from that, like to standing on the first tee at the U S open was like, I was, I cried on the first tee because that's what I was thinking of. And those are, these are stories like a lot of the stories I tell about this stuff was stuff that nobody ever heard, <laughs> you know, when you told me uh, that day I was floored and I'm like, dude, you never told anybody. And you like, I kept that to myself. Like that yeah. was, yeah. that was the only person in the world that knew, I guess was your dad. Right. Yeah. But even that was after I was struggling all through freshman year of, of, of oh college. yeah and uh oh so yeah. oh my so it was like a full year of playing yeah, yeah. actually we were able to oh wow yeah yeah so golf is hard <laughs> golf just kicks kicks you in the nuts one way or another uh sometimes it kicks you harder but um yeah i think as i've gotten older and um I, I do still enjoy it, obviously, or else I wouldn't be talking to you and I wouldn't be trying to play in these tournaments. But, um, you know, I just I just enjoy it so much that I'm like, gosh, if I could just figure this one thing out, then I can at least be like, well, I'm giving it my best shot, you know, instead of yeah. I'm giving it like a, a, a half a shot because I, I literally feel so handicapped and uh, – but yeah. uh how how about this for a, a test uh, or a question um you ever yeah. do you ever have a couple beers when you're playing golf does that help <laughs> i rarely drink on a golf course yeah no i'm just that, curious that... because uh for me it did and it, like if i had a couple beers just playing with buddies or something you know right um, i never did that in college or anything and you know, I never had a, literally never had a beer on a golf course until a couple of years after college. Um, and and at some point I realized like it, it, it literally just after like half a beer, I noticed that it removed my concern for the result. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, or like really, what you're telling me is I need uh, to drink on the golf course. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) That's, fire, that's my just, professional advice. I, I suggest you start drinking. <laughs> I suggest you start drinking. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll I'll have like a bottle of Jack in my pocket. All right, before at the first tee, yeah. Robert asked, Bort, hold on, Bort told me I had to start drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, no. Um, no, I was just curious because I, I think if 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 it um if if it does help you then i think it just more speaks to the this this the the cause right like for me it seemed like i was so concerned with the result like whether it was a good shot or a bad shot or or whether i was yipping or not you almost don't care about the result you just don't want to yip 
And, um, but I noticed like, man, if I had a, if I had a beer, it relaxed that worry. Um, yeah, I, I rarely drink on a golf course, so I can't really speak to whether if that works or not. Um, but yeah. I, I gotta be honest, I'm willing to give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> try the, Try the practice thing before I turn you into an alcoholic, you know? Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <Hold that up. laughs> yeah. But I, I think, um, I think you could be, uh, I think you could be a hundred putts a night away, which isn't much by the way. Um, a hundred putts a night over the course of the winter, give or take, uh, away from coming out in the spring and being like, wow, this feels really good. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of little nuances that play into it. And I think you're, you got it. You're, you're in a position right now because you have no choice. You can't go play outside. Um, you're removing that and you can set up a circumstance where it's not about results. It's not about score. It's just about, you know, Building a machine that sets up the yeah. same way every time, and yeah. you have confidence in yeah. that machine. Thank you for giving me that. It'll give me something to focus on in the basement this winter. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll keep you updated with how I'm doing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check in on you and make sure you're doing your work. If you don't do yes, the sir. work, don't expect anything different, my friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> I think I got to be honest, there's probably more people than you re than we realize that go through this. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I hope at least I hope that there's people that get value out of it. You know, that's that's the whole reason. What you're what you're working on is not on the stroke itself. It's on the confidence in the stroke. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Golf Essentials podcast, it'd be super cool if you did. If you really like the stuff, please share it with your buddies. I would really, really appreciate it. Thanks, guys.